This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. Howdy. And, uh, evening. Tonight, we have a special guest, Ray McPadden. Uh, Ray served as an, inf- an infantry officer with 2nd Ranger Battalion and, and 10th Mountain Division, uh, deploying four times and spending almost two years on the Afghan-Pakistan border uh, with the rest of the time in Iraq, I believe. And during that time, he earned a Purple Heart, two Bronze Stars, and a Medal of Valor uh, in the, during the combat. He's got one novel out already, and the whole mountain burned, which won the American Library Association's WY Board Boyd Award in 2019. Uh, he's currently living in Montana with his wife, daughter, and son. Uh, and then we're going to talk about his second book tonight. That book is called We March at Midnight, a war memoir, uh, which will be out on August 3rd. Ray, thanks for coming on with us, and uh, more importantly, thank you for your service. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So, uh, what are you guys sipping on, Jared? Oh, I just have an old fashioned over here out of uh, some Maker's Mark. Good, John. I've got some Tito's and some kind of sparkling water. Good, your usual. Ray, you got anything? You know, Jim Beam's my preference. I just drink it, drink it straight. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah. Lazy. I don't, I don't do ice anymore. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot of work. I agree. <laughs> I'm slowly transitioning that way. It's always melted anyways. Yeah. Since you're a Jim Beam guy, do, do you ever drink uh, old granddad? It comes in the orange label bottles. No, I've, I, I've seen it. I, I have not. Um, I don't think I've tried that. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty narrow and I like I like what I like and I just I get upset I'll do makers you know I'll do makers for more you know stuff like celebratory things. Fancy events. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's an expensive it's an expensive habit right like you don't yeah. want to yeah. <laughs> it piles up that's for sure yeah yeah it messes up your whole perspective on your your regular drink so I Right. Right. yeah you go back to the gym beam you're like wait a minute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said what i remember it being That's right. yeah. <laughs> well uh well ray we uh we read your book we march at midnight i i loved it can't speak for the other two but but they have they have spoke That's... highly of it uh you know when when blackstone reached out to us and asked if we'd be interested we said hell yeah bring it on uh, glad we were able to, to make it all to all line out. Uh, so basically, uh, the book from what I gathered covered essentially your entire military career, uh, particularly the, the combat deployments. Uh, and then it also, uh, cataloged a lot of the relationship with your wife during this time, which I think was, was really cool to work that in there. Um, I thought the the writing was really engaging. Uh, you know the the landscape, the way you describe it. You know you can picture you can picture what's going on. None of us have ever been in combat, so of course we can't. You know we can't even 
even fathom that layer of it, but um, you do get the, the feeling that you're there. And then I love the way you could feel the, the camaraderie and morale of the troops and, and where the seals were involved, maybe not so much camaraderie, (laughs) (laughs) but, and, uh, and then I I love the kind of humor that, that sprinkled in throughout the book too. So. Yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. The, uh, well, I'll I'll just tell you just on the, the relationship side, it was fun to, it was fun to work, work my wife, Elizabeth into there. And, you know, she, she's, she's helped me with, with writing and storytelling for, for a long time. We've been very close since we were kids. And uh, she, you know, she read an early draft of the, this, you know, we march at midnight and uh, she said, Hey, you're, you know, every scene with me and you ends with us going to sleep. <laughs> you know that's not that's you know like why why you know why are you holding back and i said okay well you know i got something for you yeah you want me to spice it up a little bit <laughs> and, i will yeah and then she just read you know they i got you know the advanced copies a while back and mm-hmm. she, she read it and actually saw some of that was real and on the page and was like oh uh yeah <laughs> is it too late to, to pluck some yeah, of this out? yeah can we work that out you know so it was, yeah. Anyway, just, just kind of a, a funny anecdote with her, but yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. She was definitely on that ride with me the, the whole way. You know? That's awesome. I'm, I, I can't imagine how much that helps while you're overseas knowing you've got the, the support uh, from your spouse back home and probably yeah. sucks leaving too. Yeah. And I think a lot of what's depicted out there with like the kind of the military stories is, you know, but the soldiers, whether it's, you know, a, a man or a woman, going over there and and then like marriage is going down in flames right just things mm-hmm. kind of crash and burn back home mm-hmm. and that's you know the, there's certainly a, a, a good percentage of people that happens to uh but but i thought you know hey there's 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 some people get you know stronger their marriage gets stronger their relationships get stronger from going through you know really stressful events right, right? kind so of hard not, times. yeah not just necessarily a war so you know, I, I wanted to to work that in there too. Is you know that there's there's the the, the marriage and the in the family aspect and you know the whole psychological journey that people go on together. I thought was important. It was important to to talk to highlight a situation where I think people grow stronger and they you know love each other even even more through through the experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and and something too that that didn't come out until just the last couple of pages was you were only 27 when you left the, when you resigned or not resigned in the right word, but yeah. Yeah. um, And so you were still just a kid too, juggling, juggling all that, uh, which is hard to even imagine, you know, we're, we're all in our early thirties. So, I mean, that was just a couple of days ago. We were 27. Yeah. Yeah. I think my first tour, I was 23 my first tour and then some of the, you know, the other, you know, soldiers in my, my platoon. And I think we had 18 and 19, I think wow. 19, maybe, yeah, maybe 19 was the youngest. Um, you, you were already in the leadership yeah. role at 23. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, like the officer track. I was a commissioned officer. So, you know, you basically go through school and then you, mm, you know, yeah, college yeah. and then you, you go to a lot of your required training. And then um, I went to the unit just you know, shortly before 
we deployed and that was, you know, a conscious choice that I talk about in the book was I got originally assigned to a unit that was, uh, was just coming back, uh, from, from being, being in Iraq. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you're a cherry, you're a cherry officer, you're like Lieutenant, you know, you don't want to go to a unit that just came back. And like all those dudes were like, fucking like, yeah, look, look what I, <laughs> you know, I just went through, through hell and you get this salty combat vest right. like hey you know? yeah straight out of college yeah <laughs> and, uh, it, were you in the core at AM? yeah i was yeah yeah it was it was cool it was that yeah, was all very intentional um love love the core cadets there and was great great preparation mm-hmm. you know for for me i i felt you know i never felt like i was like i wasn't ready you know, for, for like a leadership role, I always felt like I had had, you know, excellent training, excellent development opportunities, had really good leaders to look up to. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was definitely, you know, definitely in the core, did that all four years at a and You weren't in charge of Reveille, were you? No, <laughs> no, no, that was, you know, that's a prestigious job, but I'm not for me. I'm not, <laughs> you gotta take care of a dog. <laughs> Uh, John comes from a long line of Aggies. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, I had a dog named Reveille growing up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that says a lot. Um, I guess I missed that. Uh, Or maybe I just didn't that you went to AM. You're from Corpus, though, right? Originally. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Corpus Christi. Yeah. Outside Corpus Christi. So. I'm going um, to Port Aransas this weekend. So. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, Port A. Yeah, nice. Um, um but uh, anyways, the book I definitely would recommend it to to anyone who, you know, is likes the war memoir, uh, military history, or just military in general, or or even wants to learn about uh, about basically what's been going on since 9/11 and. Uh, doesn't seem to be slowing down any that I can tell. Yeah, I think there's there's always one, you know, there's always like a new bad guy over mm-hmm. the horizon, you know, something something new for <laughs> <a> new <laughs> enemy teams. It's, it's uh, you know, so my yeah, my my time was Iraq and Afghanistan, and you know, there's always yeah, you know, there's always sort of some some threat out there and. I think uh, it's it's been interesting to see Afghanistan. Um, you know the, that's all developing right now, where we're we're on the way out completely of Afghanistan, and there's you know there's obviously some politics around that. But oh yeah, I'm I'm having been there twice. I'm 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 pleased to see that uh, that we're 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 ending the the military commitment there. You know basically as of. Uh, might be two weeks from now I, those dates kind of are fluid but yeah coming up pretty um, quick yeah so, yeah so when that happens is it just like a i mean is it is it as easy as it sounds like all right we're just done see you guys later everybody come home or <laughs> yeah i know it's a, it's a very you know it's all like very intentional like the drawdown uh, you know, you just kind of slowly phase people out, but w- what you don't want to have happen, right. Is, is like the collective memory of a lot of the military is, um, the, the final days in Vietnam where you had just kind of mass like chaos and, 
you had helicopters landing on roofs and people like holding on to the to the skids trying to trying to get out mm -hmm. and they're 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 shoving equipment and vehicles off of aircraft carriers so they could try to fit everybody on and right so that that's not a graceful withdrawal something like that so i think the the intent was always to to do it you know make sure we're we're it's not a chaotic exit um it's sort of a quiet dignified exit for for the last troops that are that are there yeah but I, I don't know what it looks like to be the last guy right you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of an interesting you know just logistically how does how does that work and right like, and who who like, gets to be the last one or has to yeah. be the last one yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. I saw they just, I think that the, the general in charge was just sort of um, finally kind of left and, and came back and I kind of felt like that dude should have been the last one to leave. Yeah, you would think so. You'd think he um, would want to, he would want to be the last one. Yeah. I remember, uh, what movie, it, We Were Soldiers, the, yeah. in the movie, you know, he was real, he was real, uh, it was really important to him to be the first one on and the last one out every time. Yeah. In the movie, yeah. I don't know what it was like in, you know, yeah, no, there's, <laughs> real yeah, life. there's you know, basic leadership principle there with, yeah, being, uh, you know, first in last out and, you know, whether that, that applies in the office every day too, you know, yeah, you're absolutely boss. Yeah. You, you know, you don't be the first guy checking out every day. And, right. Leaving at three every day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so I, I've definitely watched the, you know, the withdrawal in Afghanistan, you know, and I think for a lot of people, it there's brings a lot of emotion up. Oh, yeah, know, I imagine about what you did there. And, you know, what difference did it make? And, uh, you know, you kind of like you want to you want to win, right? We're Americans, we want to win whatever Absolutely. we're doing. And, and the type of people that join the elite, like combat infantry and in fighting parts of the military they want to win mm -hmm. you know so it's 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 complicated with with afghanistan where there's not like that there wasn't necessarily a kind of a crowning like victory moment for, right not real but, clear cut yeah yeah and i think that's you know that's not unique to Af afghanistan i think any of these anytime you get involved with nation building or you're shining, you're signing up for sort of this, this very fuzzy, confusing, um, sort of, uh, goals. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to measure, you know, what, what success really is in the long run. So when you were writing this book, uh, did you have to submit it to the government to review and. Yeah. 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 And that took forever. It was painful. <laughs> it was painful to interact with the biggest bureaucracy in the world as a private as a private citizen, you know, <laughs> you know, DOD is like, that is the government, you know, the right. American government, it's, yeah. it's, you know, like the whole notion of a government was about defense originally. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. DOD is just this machine. It's huge. And it's, it's all built around being able to defend the country. And then, yeah, you see, you know, just how big and, and how kind of, um, I don't inert it can, it can be with, uh, just just one person saying hey you know right we hey, tell you look at this for me yeah can you look at my <laughs> it's got, kind of important you know yeah so, so I, I i signed a non-disclosure agreement because i had a very high level security clearance like some of the things i did in, 
in the Rangers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, I had to, I had to go through that and it took a very, very long time. And, you know, a lot of like angry calls and me going, come on, you know, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> on a deadline with my publisher and they're right. like, whatever. And they're like, let so, me, let me look for it real quick. And yeah. So <laughs> get back DOD, to DOD sent like a really powerful message. They went after, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I think the story was no easy. The book was no easy day. Um, and it was, it was one of the seals mm -hmm. that was on the Bin Laden raid. Um, and it was the, the first book, you know, released on the Bin Laden raid. And he didn't do DOD review. Oh, really? <laughs> they got his, all his advance money, all his royalty money. I mean, they got like 8 million bucks back from Oh, my gosh. Uh -huh. Yeah, just, just, you know, just stomped him into the ground. And, you know, it's like you, you do that and then it's, you know, every <laughs> that, that goes like just rushing through the publishing industry and the veteran community. And, and um, anyway, I, I never. So thought, you're, oh, you're making dang publish. sure you get it in there. Is what yeah, you're yeah, you're like, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> yeah. not playing around. And then, you know, it was what was really interesting was like some of the stuff they told me I couldn't say was was stuff I never would have imagined. You know, it was like, that's such a, like a little piddly detail. Like that's not, that's not of the utmost importance, national security. Right. Um, Meaning probably say stuff that you would think would yeah, never get yeah. through. And things mm -hmm. that I was like, Oh God, yeah, I'm probably going to get just hammered. on. Yeah. <laughs> they were, you know, you know, they didn't, they didn't blink an eye. So it's uh, yeah, it was interesting to go through that and very, very surprising on some of the redactions um, but I was, I was pretty careful to begin with, you know, like I knew from just, um, the non-disclosure and like all the stuff where, you know, you're read on to the really sensitive things and you're like, okay, I knew right out of the gate. I was like, I'm not going to talk about, you know, how some of these really advanced technologies we have were, mm -hmm. how we use them. Like that's, that's out of bounds. So I was pretty careful from the get go. I didn't like throw it all out there and then go. Let's like you know. Let's see what DOD. Yeah, yeah. Let them right decide now. where. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know you got to be a little more professional than that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it surprises me on the no easy day that there wasn't somebody along the way said, "Hey, shouldn't this <laughs> shouldn't this go through the review?" Yeah, yeah. I think he, you know the story goes that he kind of got duped by by I guess some people with with the publisher his agent or something like that but All you know, the that, above, that dude, probably. That, there's no excuse i mean that guy he should have known better like you got to talk to the man you know right you go, oh well i no no i'm good i know people at dod and i'm you know, <laughs> right thinking he can skirt the oh, system yeah yeah so that's anyway so that's that security review number i made sure that was in the books yeah. any <laughs> questions about this yeah. I, oh I'd really like, is there a number in it yeah it's like you know it's on the copyright page what the uh <laughs> It's, you know, it's like in that, in that tiny fine print, it has that, but it just says, Hey, you know, I, I did my part to honor the non-disclosure agreement. So I, I've, I've been reading Jack Carr's books and I've noticed that he's been increasingly frustrated at each of his intros uh -huh. with the DOD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had to get, I had to get uh, a Senator involved just to get, get, oh, really? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like super well connected or anything. We just had, I had, I had somebody who was just, you know, responsive to, you know, a veteran kind of crying for help. And, um, but yeah, it took, yeah, it took a Senator to kind of knock that thing loose. Wow. 
that's wow. that's government work i can believe in though, <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. I, I take it that you knew from a pretty young age that that the military was was kind of your calling. Is that the case, or? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely that that was a, a trajectory I'd been on for a long time, and you know it was sort of a matter of like what what branch of the military do I want to be in, and yeah, the army turned out to be the I think the right the right fit for me, and it was kind of like army and marines, and you know the army is uh you know marines are they're the best marketing organization in the history of, of in human history right they're so good at marketing the marines but like the cold reality for me with the marines is they're you know they're like the nephew of of the navy right uh-huh. and so mm-hmm. all the money the way bureaucracies work all that money goes to the navy and the navy takes all the all the, all the big you know pots and spends it on cool shit like you know fighter jets and like air carriers and and submarines and and then you know the scraps get kind of like after it's all been sort of taken off the top by the navy they give the scraps to the marines right and stuff with you a know, defect and, in it or yeah. something yeah and so yeah, <laughs> yeah so, and, you know I just, there's a line in the book about this of like you know the, the marines are like running around with like night vision goggles from vietnam <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, no, I would go in the army. So right. I mean, like, <laughs> at least get the first equipment. cut. Yeah. You know? um, so anyway, but the Marines got a lot of, a lot of good things going for them. But <laughs> I was, I, I liked the army. I liked the, and I knew about the Rangers and, you know, the, the 75th Ranger Regiment. And, you know, that was always like really, really interesting and fascinating to me. So I, I, I got in. I went, when I went into the army, it was, you know, knowing I wanted to, to get into the, elite get to Rangers. the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now th- throughout your career, did you did you keep a journal uh, th- throughout your career knowing that, you know, a book like this might might happen or or is this all all on memory? Like the journals are journals are for girls. I don't keep <laughs> hey, hey, you know, di- hey. no diaries. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Totally kidding. So I got the diary. Uh, you know what? Like, yeah, uh, it, this is this was a super interesting like exercise in memory because uh-huh. most of it was just most of it was memory. But what I did have was I had a lot of letters to uh, Elizabeth. Like, you uh-huh. know, this is like for my first tour. Like, you this is when you would like write a letter, right? Or like right, <laughs> right, right, right. and you like mail an envelope. Yeah, <laughs> she kept those. And, and so like that would, that was like a really helpful reference, you know, where I'd be like, Hey, this is what's going on. Right. And, and then uh, even to like toward the end of that first tour, it became email became more available. And then, so she kept all my emails too, or I'd email mm-hmm. her, just tell her shit. And um, so uh, emails and, and like letters were, nice. you know, a big source of like, just like jarring memory loose. And then, you start like writing you were like oh okay like now I, I, I remember that thing and then you start kind of working through that and just the neurons would start firing right you have all those like little nodes sure yeah in the brain and they'd all start firing and then all this other stuff would come back and like whole sequences of events would like emerge like from down deep in the the subconscious and it was it was incredible like how much was still in my like how it was all there 
Yeah. And just kind of like unlocking it through just some letters, some emails, and then you just kind of start start typing, start start writing loose a little bit. Yeah, and then it all just comes like flooding back. So it was it was a really interesting ride, and um, yeah, and then you know obviously there's some things too where you're like you know like <laughs> with with the flood, I mean there's all kinds of shit and in, in, in oh the, sure yeah like, oh man you know and then you're like sitting there like you know kind of getting all waked out by stuff and oh yeah i imagine <laughs> just, just walk through the you know living room and just like you look yeah are you okay <laughs> <laughs> you know the like whole flashback thing i mean that's, mm-hmm. that's very uh-huh. real you know oh yeah real, you know i never you know i i never uh i don't think i ever had anything where i was you know like you know broke down you know crying and shivering or something right like but, you know, it definitely had like real, like visceral flashbacks. Oh, yeah. I imagine. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. imagine these, were, these were memories you haven't thought of in a, in a long time. Yeah. 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 And that's where you think it's gone. Like, you're like, uh, oh, that, that, like, I don't remember that anymore. It's like, okay, you know, try to remember when you were five, you know, and you, just, yeah. you think it's gone, <laughs> but it's still there, you know, it's still there. In, in electronic form like, right just gotta gotta there. find it somehow yeah awesome. yeah so. <laughs> did uh so did you while you were i mean i imagine while you were on active duty it probably wasn't on your mind much but did you ever have any aspirations to become a writer or is that something that that kind of just sprung up later on yeah no i never i never thought i would i would end up like writing seriously about it um yeah, never, never did. I, I probably would have um, written more kind of in the moment had I, um, had I had no, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, cause it's, it's not an efficient exercise to do like the, you know, <laughs> try to recall <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Memory, you know? And oh, and then the other, you know, just the other kind of like big piece of it was the, yeah, I still keep in contact with a lot of people, a lot of the guys I, I serve with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we, you know, there's a few guys in particular who like, they like to kind of rehash the old stuff, you know, you're like, yeah, you know, remember this. And so a few, there's one, one or two in particular, just who have just amazing, like recall and their memory is just incredible. And like that was, you know, you talk to them and that would, that would help you like kind of fill in some blanks yeah. you know, or, or like, or you saw something, they, they see something on a mission that you never, you know, you never even saw. Right. You know? Dif- yeah. Just different angles. Kinda, mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's kind of doing their own, like kind of has a job. And so you're not, you're not seeing every single thing that happens. So it, I definitely relied on a, a, on a few of the guys that I've kept in really good contact with to, to help kind of like build that like rich narrative of detail mm-hmm. around, around what was going on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just crazy how 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 detailed you get in the book. I mean, you you like Barry said earlier. I mean, you it, you you put the reader there in, in your mm-hmm. situation, man, and, and it's a uh, it's a uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I hope, like you know, I read. I want to go there when I when I when I read mm-hmm. a book. You know, I want to go to the place yeah. and like uh, you know go go on the journey, and and that's where like I started with a novel because I I just like love like that that mm-hmm. whole form that whole like writing form and and grew up like reading novels and you know, like that was that's actually going to be the next question i asked was if you're a big reader it, it definitely seemed like in the in the book you were at least reading on your flights and so 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if you if you still carry that habit with you or yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can't no, you can't write effectively if you're not like a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just part that's that I mean that's seriously part of it. And I I've like I've done some editing work and some some volunteer stuff and I you know and then once you you know once you get something published and like everybody you know is like oh hey I got this thing I'm working yeah on. I've been working on this thing <laughs> you know, you're like oh, speaking okay. of <laughs> and and you can tell who doesn't you know who doesn't who doesn't read you know and like who hasn't worked on their shit you know you're mm-hmm. like dude don't be giving me this like first right they hadn't even proofread their own thing yeah you know? yeah you're like this is no this is your first. Like, I know what this is. Like, this is your first like, stream of consciousness, and you're <laughs> you put sixty-five thousand coherent words together. Right, kind of. Yeah. Not, people don't want to read that. You know, like there's a whole nother just crazy bar for like something that somebody will actually pay you for. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother, and you got to work hard, right? So, um, yeah, I um, I didn't start. So I love. I, I, I've always read. I've read. You know, I was reading, you know, on while I was deployed, but not really writing. And I didn't really start writing until 10 years after all this shit happened. And I think that uh, the stories in my mind are much better for it, you know, because like right after, you know, say 2000, 2010, like kind of right after my last tour, you know, if I tried to kind of write about what was going on, I don't, I don't think it would have been all that entertaining, you know, where it's just like a lot of like raw emotion still. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, there's no wisdom in it, you know? So mm-hmm. it was, I, I think, you know, being 10 years removed from it armed me with like a lot more like observational power and like a lot more wisdom of like, what is, what did all this shit mean? You know, mm-hmm. what did, what did it mean in the moment? What does it mean now? And like, what are the connections amongst all these all these things that happen. So uh, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, authors, military authors that have, have had stuff published. that was, you know, there's like the, like I mentioned the no easy day example of like, okay, here's this, here's this mission. And, and, and you're the first person to kind of go, here's what happened on this mission. Uh, and, you know, so there's, obviously there's, there's uh you know, there's that approach, but then, you know, I think a lot of really, really good stories, stuff that has like real staying power was written long, long after events occurred, you know, the events occurred, you know, where that person has had a lot of like time for their ideas to mature and mm-hmm. their, their thoughts about what happened to mature. So yeah, process yeah. it and chronicle it a little better. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, writing was not, it wasn't like therapy for me. It was, you know, it was, something i like i wanted to do but um but it wasn't you know like necessarily a therapeutic thing Mm -hmm. it is for some people but um it was uh yeah it was it was just something that i just i was just yeah i don't know i like i had this just this desire to start you're excited about it yeah yeah i was like you know i just the stuff's there and and i feel like there is you know truly a, a good story here and and I, yeah, just because I like reading, I always thought that it would be cool to to have a you know to do a book. You know? Oh yeah, I, it's got to yeah. be super cool. Yeah, cool but then books. going from reader, <laughs> going from reader to writer, like those are those skills. There's a lot of overlap, but it's not a it's not a one for one. You know, right. like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write a really good book now. So yeah. like you have to like try you know really really you know like hard and like work at it, work at it, work mm-hmm. at it, and 
and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, self-taught, I have an advanced degree, but I don't have, um, you know, I didn't go to, I didn't go get a, a, a MFA or, you know, something that you're, you know, creative writing degree, mm-hmm. you know, my stuff, my education has been a different, different fields outside of writing. So I, I, I felt like I was intelligent enough to teach myself, but it was, it was, it was a brutal journey. And my first book, like I started, I remember I started querying it out, you know, to agents and stuff. I don't know. I'll go too much into like all this, but um, I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Like I was talking about like, you know, you get like, you know, your, your buddies like, all right, look at my book, you know? And I was like, this is what I, was. <laughs> I started querying agents and, you know, it was just, yeah, it's like the cold, you know, brutal silence of like commercial publishing. Right. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell you like, Hey man, you're, you're, you know, this is, this shit's weak. They just, you just don't, you just don't hear anything back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, nobody, yeah, nobody's going to give you tips. And so you got to just take that, you take all that silence and that rejection and you're like, okay, something's wrong. I got to keep working. I got to keep working. I got to keep working, you know, and uh, it's, it's hard to, to critique yourself. And then the other thing is, you know, you don't want your family to critique you, you know, right. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like whose whose mom didn't tell them when they were growing up that they were you know the, right the, the greatest person yeah. yeah your mom be like i can't believe not yeah. every publisher out there is trying to get right. this <laughs> <laughs> my yeah my wife she was you know she was always a good a good reader like you know was was like uh good with feedback but but then also i think was you know um you know was never like those first drafts and stuff she wasn't you know, willing to be like, mm. uh. <laughs> he's like, you yeah. really want me to give you my feedback on this? Amateur hour, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> how, uh, how long did it take to work through both of these books, uh, aside from the Department of Defense's time with it? Uh, it was probably a year for both of them. Um, like from, from like a real solid draft to like a final, you know, a final, um, you know, version that was, you know, okay, I can, I can put this in front of an agent and, you know, the agent's good putting it in front of a publisher. Yeah. Might grow some about a year. Yeah. About a year. Yeah. Which I think is like in the bell curve. Like that's fairly normal. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, doesn't seem bad people. at all. Yeah. I hear stories about people doing books and like, oh, they wrote it in like three weeks, you know, well, just, James Patterson, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they go on a binge and take a bunch of, uh, Adderall or whatever. <laughs> Just crank it out. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, what, uh, who do you like reading? Or you know, what? I, um, man, I like all kinds of stuff. I like, um, I like stuff from like about the West, like the, the Western U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, Us too. A.B. Guthrie, um, he, he's kind of an older author. His books, uh, The Big Skies are really uh really just amazing book uh that i like a great deal i like um classics you know like lord of the flies oh yeah yeah freaking great book yeah (laughs) i like good lessons too yeah yeah absolutely um and you know i read war you know i read war stuff too i mean i'll read uh military fiction I mean, I think that was my kind of always my favorite genre, like when I was younger. 
um, which, you know, probably had, you know, kind of a, an instinctive like influence on me. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I really, I really like Carl Marlantes. He, um, he wrote the Matterhorn or Matterhorn, which is a, a Vietnam novel and really, really interesting story with, uh, with him, with, he, it took him like 30 years to get it published. I mean, you talk about a oh. journey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just rejection. rejection. Right. That's impressive to stick with it that long. Yeah. And then finally just broke through and then had this like mega bestseller that, you know, I think will be, that thing will be in print and, and, and will be in print for another hundred years. You know, it's really, really good. So yeah, the West, um, you know, some classics for sure. And then, yeah, I like military fiction as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we fit in to all that. I think I've been wanting to read. Um, oh, uh, Jeff Shares, I think that's how you said. Oh yeah, I've yeah. been wanting to read some of his stuff. He does sort of the historical, uh, yeah. military fiction type stuff. Right. Yeah, and it was and it was Jeff or his like I know that the son's writing too, and that there's the son and the dad are both mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, Killer Angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I read that in like a history class in college, and was like, "Holy shit!" You know, this is good. It's and one of those that's been on my nightstand for like a year. <laughs> I just keep looking at it. I'm like, "That one's next. That yeah. one's next." Yeah. <laughs> With the 100 other books he got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you the first. I'll tell you the first book I read that like I was like reading is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was twenty thousand leagues under the sea, and that was like, nice. Yeah, again, uh, you know, nothing, nothing special there. I didn't discover that. I wasn't the first one to come upon right. <laughs> to read on. That one. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember just like you know, it was like seventh or eighth grade, and you know, you'd you'd have to sit at your desk and read because the teacher was lazy. And right, it's reading time. You know, yeah. read it thirty minutes, and you come up with ways to not read. You know. And then, you know, one day I was like, okay, this is, this is so painful <laughs> and I actually try reading, you know, and you're like, oh, this is kind of nice <laughs> I was to see. And I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah this is way better than, you know, playing tic-tac-toe on the right. desk against <laughs> yeah. myself. What I wouldn't give to have one hour of forced, uninterrupted reading time nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're like, you know, sixth, seventh grade, like junior high, it's like punishment. Right. You're like, can I please just have one minute yeah. <laughs> silence to read? Yeah. Well, I know in the book, it said you read one chapter of Atlas Shrugged, which is yeah nice yeah good yeah good catch that's buried in there yeah that book's like you know it's like yeah yeah. it it took me about caught the joke there yeah Uh, took me about eight months to read through it a pretty dedicated reading yeah yeah i like i bounce around man i'll be i'll read like lots of different stuff and um you know just just try different things out and you know, it's, 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 uh, it's fun, you know, it's Mm -hmm. fun to like discover things too, you know, that you're like, whoa, you know, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Atlas is, is one of those things that was experiment, (laughs) you know, right. We'll try it out because everyone talks about it and then, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, 
What are uh, I know Jared wants to talk to you about fly fishing. Okay. And yeah. man, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the interview you were expecting, but hopefully it's gone. <laughs> Jared is a fisheries biologist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're not really. Yeah, sure. I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm a fisheries biologist at one of our state hatcheries here in, in South Carolina. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, not, cool. Not much. Not much uh, I don't do much trout fishing like you over there, but able to get out on, on some redfish every now and then. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool, man. I'm, oh yeah. I'm, you know, as a, as a resident of Montana, I'm, I am obligated by law to <laughs> fly fish profusely. And yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, just an amazing area to, to fly fish. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, um, if I see another fucking dude fly fishing with a cigar, Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to lose that, my shit. Yeah. Is that common out there? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you get, okay, here's, uh, there's a whole, there's all kinds of like the, the kind of personality types I can stereotype for. Uh-huh. You get, okay. And I'm from Texas, right? So you get like the, the Texas, yeah. you know, guys that come up and they got, they got a cowboy hat and they got a cigar and they're fly fishing. And it's just kind of about looking cool, you know, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's fine. You know, I'm not really, I sound like probably kind of snobby, but well, no, oh, no I'm right there with you. They're, they're like, they're like geared out. They got their, you know, their, their $500 Sims waders that they wear once a year. And yeah. you know, they, they've got their freaking St. Croix rods like that they use once a year. The special yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they'll tell you i've been fly fishing for 20 years all right yeah you've been fly fishing two days a year for right 20 for 20 years yeah. Yeah. i go out twice a day mm-hmm. twice yeah. a day you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you really <laughs> but it's yeah i mean cer- certain times of the year like right now um it's just yeah like the the so i live just right outside yellowstone national park and it's just it's just off the chain man that's gotta be awesome. Um, so yeah, the fishing's just, just epic. And, um, I, I take, I take my wife Elizabeth with me a lot and we just, you know, we take the kids out and, you know, we all, we have, we have a lot of fun out there, you know, catch, catching fish and, you know, your home water is special and, and my home, oh, yeah. water, my home water is the Yellowstone river. And then the, you know, the tributaries to it. So that's a very uh, I, have a, I have a really really good time <laughs> and you're and like you just almost kind of you know you get spoiled man you do get snobby you get turfy you know when you see right. all the haters you're like uh-huh welcome with my trout man yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is my yeah. spot right here <laughs> yeah and, and you know yellowstone is you know not a secret destination for for fly fishing so you, you definitely get some competition so you know i i, I and i'm out you know most of the year i mean 10 months of the year i'm I'm, I'm out there on the river and, and, and getting after it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, the, this, the, the times I, I think are really enjoyable are when obviously it's, right. you know, it's November and you get some brutal, you know, conditions, but you know, you, you got whole huge stretches of this, the Northern Rockies in the river to yourself. And that's oh, yeah. that's, nobody wants to be out yeah. in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go out in January. I'll go out in February. Oh, <laughs> your guides are icing over yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely man you can't feel your hands and you're like what am i doing I don't know. Right. 
not really fun. Huh? Just being outside. <laughs> that that's that's definitely one of those things. It's not fun when you're doing it, but once you're back at the house, you're like, that's a really good time. Yeah. 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 So talk about how many people are fishing up there. Is it is it like people I, I experienced it on the Deschutes River in Oregon, how people will fish a stretch of river and then go back up it's like a conveyor belt of anglers like is it the yeah. same way on the yellowstone yeah it gets you'll you'll definitely get some stretches where it's just you know you get a lot of the guides you know the the, the guides coming through and you know there's definitely some some pressure man it's it's uh it can, it can you know honestly get frustrating but you know fish counts and like fish health and all the metrics Mm-hmm. for you know measuring that or you know the rivers and the fisheries as healthy as it can be you know and and so it's just it's so big there's so many damn fish that yeah. doesn't seem to really have that much of an impact on uh on, on the fish and i think there's a lot out there too on like just you know good catch and release practices mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. fish and you know i think for the most part people people are out there doing the right thing but a lot of the a lot of the pressure too is not you know not necessarily people out there fishing it's just people out there rafting and canoeing and you know so it can, just people it can get in general yeah. yeah it can be get pretty <laughs> wild you know or the whole like um you know etiquette kind of at the launch at the ramps and stuff mm-hmm. becomes like just really big and I, I was just watching the other day some some two guys started yelling at each other and you know it was like almost a fist fight out there because it was like you're taking too long on the fucking ramp, man. You know? <laughs> Dude, this is, you know, this is not. Oh. It's supposed to be a peaceful place. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, but there's a whole, you know, it's, it is so fun. It's so desirable that, you know, there's like a whole industry's come up around it. And then, you know, people are throwing lots of money out there and they're, you know, and then there's expectations that are, you know, really high. And so anytime you start messing with somebody's right goal interference is kind of what the, the jargony word for it is. Anytime you have goal interference, whatever the pursuit is in life, you're going to get people wound up, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and are you, are you a ranger at Yellowstone or did I? Yeah. Yeah. I work. I, I work. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, a general general ranger i work in natural resources um so um plants animals uh, air quality water quality all that all that good stuff so there's there's a whole you know there's a lot of like professional positions that are you know not necessarily like the the person you know taking your your money at the at the or you know kind of answering questions in the visitor center you know so that's kind of the um you know there's that that's this public facing sort of part of the park service and there's a lot of you know professional and scientific positions that more in the field yeah are y'all doing a lot of monitoring right now just like uh just like the progression of populations and vegetation abundance or that sorts of things or yeah sure yeah yeah Yeah, this is a heavily studied ecosystem yeah right on yeah i mean it's we got we got instruments on everything. I feel like every <laughs> every other animal has a collar on it around right. here. <laughs> and that's hey. yeah, if you get, you know, wolves and grizzly bear and you know, elk and I mean just all these iconic species and it's an intact ecosystem. There's not a whole lot of those left. In, in the, well, I'm sure every 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 animal is pretty much known out there, huh? <laughs> like like do you, do you know do you know 
exactly the, the wolf population out there is that how heavily studied they are well, I, I know they are but sure yeah yeah they are and you get yeah, i mean you get like some animals that are you know uh tend to show up you know so there's there's grizzly bears that you know groups will name you know because they kind of keep showing up in the same place and they kind of become they develop uh like a following you know they develop a following so there's definitely animals that, that have a following around yeah, here and, cool. you know not not just in yellowstone but yeah i want to go backpacking up in yellowstone at some point in my life but i'm, I'm nervous about going into grizzly country but black bears don't bother me yeah but, yeah uh, I, I you know what i haven't slept in a tent since i since i moved here i'm like nope oh really <laughs> hey and i you know just my job i mean we like i i you know we have kind of the insider information on you know when when we do have you know bear attacks i mean stuff where you know i i have access to the details maybe that you wouldn't necessarily have as a member of the public and so you're like yeah i'm good man i'm gonna sleep i'll sleep yeah. in a you know i'll sleep in a hotel <laughs> or i'll sleep in a you know in an rv right yeah at least in the truck <laughs> yeah and some of that's my military time too i mean after afghanistan i was like i'm never right so i'm never gonna sleep on the side of a mountain ever again yeah i had enough camping it's lost feel for me um and then yeah grizzly country i'm like no i'm not playing games man like you know it's it's you know out there in the woods by yourself we have you know we have i think the average is like one person a year killed in you know in yellow shit yeah and it's it's usually um you know, it's not not that constant. So sometimes it's two. One year it's two. One year it's right, zero. Yeah. Yeah, is there? Is it? Is it a genuine accident or were the people fucking with the bears? Oh yeah. So I think a lot of times it is. Um, it's it's just like inadvertent contact. You know, uh, so a guy got killed just a little while ago, uh, and he was he was fishing, um, kind of right on the park boundary. And he came, he, you know, just working his way up the stream and knew the area. Well, you know, super competent outdoorsman was a guide and he just, uh, came by, didn't realize there was a carcass there and the grizzly, you know, just came charging up on him. Got uh, up on the food source. Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. And just, just, I don't think he had, even, you know, he didn't even have time to get his bear spray out, which is, you know, it's one of those things where anytime you're in like real tight country like you know lots of vegetation lots of trees that's where man i was just i get super scared right. <laughs> like, you know that's yeah like bears are you know there, there's not going to be a big whole dramatic like theatrical you know hmm, like a stand like a box yeah, yeah. yeah then, you know i'm gonna kind of bluff you know i'm gonna yeah. blow up on you first and then i'm gonna charge you it's just like they're just you know there's stories where it's just they're just on you like you mm-hmm. never even had it the person never even had a chance. Um, and that was, that was it, you know, and that's, that's basically what happened to that guy. I mean, he didn't yeah, have a chance to pull his bear spray and that bear, you know, basically killed him. And then the other, here's Which another, here, yeah. I mean, I'll just, just bear stories for a sec. So a lady, a lady just got pulled out of her tent over in uh, a, a little further West in Montana, not, not, you know, right, right here in Yellowstone, but, she was uh, bike packing, you know, kind of doing like a long distance bike bike trip, and was camping in a campsite, and a bear, uh, yeah, bear pulled out of her tent and killed her. Um, so you know, that's her. She had food in her tent. 
Yeah. Uh, and like everyone that she was camping with did. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was some, I think there, they weren't real like this, the food storage there, there may have been some things going on there. Um, and you know, yeah, it was, it was, you know, there's usually a reason the bear does what it does in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, going after somebody and it's usually it's yeah they're protecting a carcass right so food or they're protecting cubs um and then once in a while you get um yeah just you know basically you just come right up on them and you know you just kind of like startle them surprise reaction and sometimes that'll provoke you know an attack but um Anyway, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you heard you heard about that. that yeah, that week. one I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the one a year surprises me though. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think you hear about a lot of those. Well, it used to be a lot worse. Yellowstone, even the park. You know, we've we've our scientific management has really come a long way. <laughs> we used to do like big, like we'd have we'd dump all the trash from the park hotels and just a huge, a huge pile, and. And then we'd have bleachers, you know, like all around it. And it'd be like, Hey, you know, you come, <laughs> come watch, watch the bears, watch all the bears, you know, all the grizzly bears on the pile <laughs> of like food scraps from the hotels. Like we used to do that kind of shit. Now <laughs> <laughs> the, park, the park service come a long way. Right, yeah. So, Live and like, learn on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like, like a circus out there. Almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, me and John went backpacking in Utah several years ago and, and we're completely unprepared for the whole trip, had no fucking clue what we were doing. And uh, we got to Bryce Canyon and they made us get a bear canister. And and I've told this story on the show before, but I'll tell you. And we'd been and we flew into Vegas and stopped at REI and they're like, Do you guys want to get any bear spray? And we're like, ah, oh, we probably don't need it, you know. And we're like, how much? It's 50 yeah, it's bucks. fifty bucks. Like, ah, oh, no, we definitely don't need it. <laughs> and then, and then we got to Bryce, and they're like, you guys have to take a bear canister, and we like had to rent one from them. And the whole time we were walking into the canyon, I'm like, man, we should have got some damn bear spray. <laughs> we're need it out here. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I've yeah, I've done the like, oh god, it's fifty bucks. Do I really need it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like spent every penny we had just flying out there you know yeah. so <laughs> yeah john and i went hiking up in the smokies and uh we we stayed one night up on mount leconte and uh he he was he brought us bear spray and i was like man you're like way over prepared for this man yeah sure enough the very next morning we had a little incident but he had uh, his bear spray ready, man. He was like, I've been waiting go. for this my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, there's, yeah, there's definitely bears in the Smokies. You know. black, <laughs> yeah. Black bears hurt people too all the time. You know. Well, they just had that. Uh, they just had that attack. Some John, you, did you tell me about that? Like that chick that got mauled in her hammock one night? I don't think I told you about that. I hadn't heard about that. Oh, man, look it up. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) I think she's all right. No more hammock camping for me. Yeah. 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 uh, Ray, I want to go back to you talking about not wanting to camp on the side of the mountain. I was surprised in the book. It it sounds like you and your wife enjoy doing, you know, some (laughs) some mountain excursions. I'm like, man, I probably would never want to see a damn mountain range again after – yeah yeah no and that's that's like i was definitely there for uh uh in 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 many ways you know i was actually like before i was active duty i was a climbing ranger 
mm. in, uh, in Olympic National Park. And, you know, the Army sent me to mountaineering school and, um, you know, because I had some of that, you know, like kind of training time in college. And so I, was, I, was, I kind of did a National Park Service climbing ranger gig. And um, so, so I always kind of like, feel at home in the mountains. Yeah, you know, I really do. And that was part of why, like, I wanted to go to Afghanistan because it was, it was beautiful. And you look at those mountains. I mean, that's the Western... The, that's the tail of the Himalaya, the mm -hmm. Hindu ranges. That's the Himalayas. It's just kind of the far western side of it, right? So I always, you know, it always felt like natural to me. And like, I was like, that's, you know, that's what like war, a war is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's what a war is supposed to be is the fight in Afghanistan and, the, and those just, in, just incredible savage mountains, just very very difficult terrain oh yeah uh, you know, there's this kind of romantic idea in my head about what what it was all supposed to be and so i you know i i wanted to go to afghanistan and then i felt like skill wise like i i, I belong there and then i you know and i and, and sort of took those skills and was using them like for fun with with elizabeth too you know mm -hmm. we go we go bite off like big you know mountaineering objectives like you know kind of back home and that was you know we were young too right and you just have lots of energy right now, <laughs> no like, now yeah i got two kids and i'm like man if i'm not i don't want to do anything strenuous right you know? just so go, I'll fly go fly fish yeah, I'll go fly fishing yeah. you know? I'll kind of break myself off and yeah like days before i can walk again and uh mm -hmm. but yeah i yeah i think my 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 like appetite to really do like really hardcore stuff kind of for fun <laughs> definitely dried up and i you know i guess still got friends too who are you feel like they they kind of had this thing going where they they do it to to kind of prove they're, they're kind of proving things to themselves you know and uh you know so they still have that fire you know mm -hmm. like no who you know can i can i do this can i you know there's they're kind of like uh they're pushing themselves and and I, and i think that that's a that's awesome i think it's super cool to to use you know like climbing or what you know whatever recreational pursuit to kind of learn about yourself and oh yeah i i feel like um i feel like i got a pretty pretty good like dose of all that and i'm like i'm good you know? yeah <laughs> i've been there done that <laughs> well yeah. when you're talking about when you're scrambling up those uh those those like the shark fins of the mountain man i you had me sweating dude and i was like yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you knew what you yeah. were doing but did did your partner know what he was doing like <laughs> yeah no and you know we're so you know everybody's so freaking tired out there too where you're like uh -huh. this, this is not safe at all like yeah. this, <laughs> any other setting in any other setting like this would be you know right. like you completely would, unacceptable right. <laughs> people in the united states like you would get sued and sent to yeah. jail right. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toppling over the rocks. <laughs> you know, over there, just like, oh, this is fucking part of the mission. You know? Right. It's going to bite that off, too. And yeah, we had, you know, we had a lot of guys get hurt. We had guys fall off the cliffs and, you know, fall down cliff faces. Uh -huh. and, and yeah, there's just a lot of like wild shit that happened, you know, just, just trying to fight over there. And a lot of it's just trying to move, you know, right. trying to move to where you can fight. And, and movement is just incredibly difficult. And we had, again, yeah, injuries from, you know, people falling off things, you know, mm. and we had people drown, you know, in rivers, you know, just those swift mm -hmm. mountain, mountain streams took, just took guys away. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's the environment, you know, you kind of hear that in the old Vietnam stories too, you know, or it's like the environment. It's just, 
yeah insane and it was just it would take people out you know mm-hmm. you, you know you had you know basically terrain in, in environmental casualties it's not just about you know bullets and bombs mm-hmm. well i'm sure well, i remember you saying that you were had never forgiven that sergeant that got hurt because he wasn't supposed to get hurt yeah like towards acl yeah 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 no man that that's yeah i was i was pretty hard on billy sir um (laughs) uh but yeah yeah no yeah he got he got hurt and you so the way you know the way i kind of saw it is like you're you know the more experienced guys you know you you're not supposed to get hurt, you're right? Supposed to have, <laughs> you know, kind of have be under control, but that's right. not that's not a fucking fair standard at all. Right? It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, bad shit happens to everybody, and it's just you know one little slip on a patrol. You know, you stepped on a rock you thought was was solid, and it broke oh, yeah. out. It and down you went. You yeah. know, and so that was that was never fair to that was never fair to him. But I definitely you know felt that way at the time. I was like, <laughs> dude, come well, on. I think that says what you a lot about what you did in this book is that you were very honest about your feelings and maybe they those feelings weren't I like feelings that you felt good about at the time either and you still put them in the book you didn't try to paint yourself as this perfect human being and um, we all have those thoughts where like this is ridiculous and later on you have uh I don't know what I'm trying to say here is you can look back on it and think, well, why did I feel like that? Why, why was I like that? But you put them in there. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. You know, I think it, um, like, <laughs> I don't want to read a book where like the, the, you know, the, the character, the narrator is, is perfect, you know, yeah. and it mm-hmm. makes you feel like shit, you know, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh you know it's like uh they talk about that with so you know social media you know like the more time you spend on social media the more depressed you get because yeah. like here's the highlight reel for my life and you're just in that it's like, uh. so, like yeah like i i want to to you know be honest and and tell a story where there's like lessons and there's there's the bumps and the bruises and and you know there's the kind of like scary underside of me and and everything that happened and that other, you know, you could read that and you can learn from that, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, I think that's, that's more of a story I want to read than a, you know, um, than something where it's just, you know, somebody's just awesome. And <laughs> there's not, yeah. there's not really, you know, challenges for them. And to, you know, there's, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of books, even in the military genre that are, that are you know, there, there is kind of like the, there's the kind of the superhero story and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know, those, those don't always leave me necessarily feeling, feeling very good. So I'm glad. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for pointing. Well, and you know, they're, they're probably not genuine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, just, I don't know, but you know, that stuff has a lot of people get into those, those oh, yeah. do, you know, but that's yeah. For, for me, I, I wanted to have the narrative be about, you know, like learning and like struggling too. And like always necessarily being like being the good guy in the situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember at one point there's two, there's two different things that stood out to me. You know, there was one point, I think it was after you'd come back from your, your little two week R and R on your, I guess it was on your first tour 
and you're kind of just had the mindset of like, man, this place sucks. Like, why did I sign up to do this? And then there was another point. I think it may have been right, right at the end when you're back, back in, in the Korangal Valley that you had said something like, I feel like it's my last day at work at this, at this job that I hate, you know? And so you, you have that, but you know, at the same time, you talk about it being the greatest job ever, but I think that did a good job of just showing that, you know, it ain't, obviously it ain't all flowers, but uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, like you're just out there having a good old time with everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets, it gets harder, I think too, like the longer you do it, you know, and, and I, I, you know, looked up to really looked up to the guys that it were, like had done, they were on their third or fourth tour, you know, when I was on my first and, and it's um, at first they just seem kind of mean and just rotten, you know, but then you, once you've sort of been through it yourself and, and then you keep going back, you know, there's kind of like, that's, that's like the hero to me is like the person who keeps like going back into mm-hmm. it, you know, cause the first time, you know, you put yourself in maybe a dangerous situation where there's that element of adventure and there's some kind of romance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just fucking naive, you know, you just don't, just don't really know like how, how serious it is and how high the stakes are and that, you know, you can get other people hurt too. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, it's easy kind of like getting into it the first time. And, and I was never scared, you know, my kind of initially, I wasn't scared, you know, it's like, whatever, like, this is awesome. And, uh, but then, you know, the more you go back and you really understand that everything can go horribly wrong in an uh, instant. That, and that becomes real to you. Yeah. Then it takes like, that's where like the cur- there's real courage with people, you know, and my platoon sergeant in the Rangers guy, good, super good dude. He was on his 10th tour, you know? Um, and it's just like, and he was, yeah, I mean, his, his ability to perform at a high level and make like good decisions under stress. I and mean, it's just, it's just it's like just super, where he thrives. Yeah, super humor and he's superhuman what he could do. And it's just like, and you know, he was, yeah, I mean, he was struggling like mentally too. He's like, you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm like, I'm like burned out, you know, but I'm bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was to me, that was always like much more like a story of like courage and inspiring thing. That, that I wanted to, to shine a light on was the kind of people who, who just keep, keep doing it uh, and, and keep sort of standing back up and, and, and going and, and, and fighting, you know, for, for the country. Um, that to me is more heroic than the kind of like, okay, you know, the, 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 the guy charged across the open through machine gun fire to go grab his friend. And right. that, that's a brave act too, you know, that's, but, but that's, it's easier to, to, to kind of get, you know, build up the courage for, for that singular event right in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Just kind of keep slogging, keep plugging away fucking every day. Right. Well, and you know, and after, year after year, mm-hmm. you know, you think about coming home for two months every, or, or however long every every year on and off of that it's got to be just the willpower to to go back i mean i don't even <laughs> want to get up and go jog in the morning if i oversleep yeah. my five minutes you know I'm like, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. yeah absolutely and that's where you know i talk about that a little in the book of like going going back uh on on like you know r and r for like two weeks and 
just total mind fuck you know oh, yeah you'd almost re- well that <laughs> yeah. was something else too that really that i had never thought about was uh and you mentioned it every time you came home basically it's like all right i was just in combat 24 hours ago and now i'm in corpus christi yeah you know yeah that's it's that's like part right of, now yeah and part of like the new like the new war you know uh, modern technology right is you can get from peace to war i mean like instantaneously whereas you know just like world war ii you know got a bunch of dudes get on a ship in new york right, it's three months oh so, yeah and and you know it was it was this long journey to the war and the transit the mental transition and then, and then you were learning a lot of things along the way um and you know now it's yeah it's basically uh, you know you get on a plane and you know yeah six, six hours later like right you're home it's on, it's on or you're home and the, the the transition out for me was was always just just wild you know and so when and, and i didn't get into this in the book we just is kind of like you know you gotta sort of mind your your word count but right. <laughs> um you know when the first tour in afghanistan we were there for 16 months and and so when we when we finally went home they made us they made us sit in like an airfield for like i think about like 48 hours in uzbekistan i think it was in uzbekistan and, and it was, we were all kind of, it was like, why, you know, why are we here exactly? And it was supposed to be, I think it was kind of army policy to decompress a little bit the combat units. Like, no, don't let them go like straight home. Cause it's just, yeah. you know, the <laughs> army chaos, realized, yeah. yeah, the army realized from like, they, there'd been enough instances, like enough bad events between 2001. And like when I first went in 2006, that they knew they, they wanted like guys kind of like, there was that little bit of transition period. Um, and then like, how long is the right amount? I don't know. Right. You know, it was still, you know, just, just like kind of a shock. And then in the Rangers, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't fuck around with that. We just, we just went, went back and forth kind of, and didn't, and that so those were a lot more like sharper transitions mm-hmm. in, in the Rangers. And, uh, it was, yeah, this is pretty wild to like turn, you know, be kind of try to turn that off like quickly, you know? where you're like, you're kind of like operating, like what you're doing, you're like operating like, when there's like, I mean, there's laws of war, right? You can't do whatever the fuck you want, but like right. you know, the things you're doing on a night raid in the Rangers, you're like, that's like five different felonies. Right. And like, <laughs> it would never fly. Manslaughter <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, like, it's just like, wow. And then it's like, okay, no, 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 no. You can't do that now. Like right. just- Everybody calm down. Drive the speed limit. Yeah, drive the speed limit. Yeah, Yeah, great example. (laughs) Drive the speed limit. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking you told that story. I think it was Rangers that robbed the bank and they did it with military precision. Uh, I thought that was kind of humorous. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, that's a great example, right? Of like, you know, just kind of being like, you know what? <laughs> that yeah. that whole killer instinct, like fuck it, we let's not turn that off. Let's right? mm-hmm. just, uh, just kind of go with that, you know. And uh, uh, it, I mean, it it just doesn't seem like it'd be something you could turn off that quick. I mean, I can understand over you know a year, two years, five years, maybe it probably yeah. not turning off, but softening a little bit, maybe. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they didn't, you know, those those dudes that 
that hit the bank. I mean, they didn't need the money. Right. You know? <laughs> they just wanted a little action. Yeah, they were, yeah, they're just for fun. Wow. Because they could, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's just yeah, that was that's a pretty wild story, you know. And there's still there's still people that are like, yeah, that's fucking badass, you yeah. know. <laughs> there's dudes in the unit like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Except they, got, they got caught pretty easy. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of story goes like, you know, if they would have one of the more senior sergeants in on it, they right. you know, they, they would have thought they would have it out a little bit. Yeah, they would have yeah. thought through their exit plan a little right. better. Had they briefed they, a little they, better. They kind of had the, they had the like time in the bank down pretty good, but then their whole exfil was not like that well thought out, which is yeah. like classic like kind of private like corporal thinking you know or yeah they're they're in the moment they're not thinking through the whole mission right they didn't get through the whole thing yeah they should have swapped <laughs> license plates or something they might have yeah, made exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i haven't i haven't you know tried bank robbery myself so yeah I, we do not condone bank robbery on this podcast um so how was how was your transition back once you once you finally said I'm done? Uh, you know it was pretty hard after yeah after I got out it was hard because I I had a lot of um you know I just wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do and I thought that everybody fucking owed me something yeah you know? I really did I was like. I'm freaking all this shit I did and I was in I was in JSOC and you know I was in the infantry and it's like the deeper you go in in like the combat skill set like <laughs> the more fucked you are on the outside when you come back mm-hmm. yeah because it's like you know and I tell this to my kids I don't, I'm not shitting on the infantry that's that's I, I, that's always going to be part of who I am and I would never trade it traded in um when my you know my kids want to join i'm gonna be like well let's let's talk about the air force talk about the uh right. talk about the the navy you know right. you all those like hard skills in those in those um like you know technical very technical jobs like you'd be an aerospace mechanic right you know, you can work mm-hmm. on jet engines you could be a nuclear tech on a on a on a on a nuclear you know aircraft carrier you know uh those i mean you could be an electrician and then like this you know that's stuff that's big money on the outside real hard transferable skills um you know i had like this 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 killer skill set right with you know uh with what i did and so it's it's challenging to to kind of take that into the outside world and there's a pretty big like chasm between you know, the military and, and the rest of society. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I don't think I realized that was there, you know, and there is, a, I think a lot of people are like, there's, there's a lot of like deference to the, you know, this, this volunteer military that's, that's kind of fought these wars. And I think there's, you know, generally the, the country is very supportive of, of the military, but like kind of philosophically supportive but then it's like hey well give me a job you know right. it's like no i don't know you can't do it Sorry. what did you do over there yeah it's like, oh <laughs> yeah no nah, we're good man yeah uh, you know i don't i don't want to take a chance so i you know i flailed around for a while for for sure and and got myself into like a master's program and and in that uh 
that, you know, that, that did a lot for me. And, and I, you know, I, I mentioned, I, I'd done the, the, the climbing ranger gig with the park service. And so I, I kind of knew like there was another world out there. And I think a lot in, in like, you know, I had this kind of, at least a notion of like where I wanted to go long-term and how to, how to get there. Um, but I mean, I think for a lot of guys and I, you know, I've seen it too, you know, where they could, they kind of fall into jobs where you're like, man, you know, like, God, you know, this, this guy, he, or this, 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 this woman deserves better than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, you, you're, you kind of on your own, you know, once, once you get out and, and there's some, you know, that's where it's like, you know, there's no, there's no giveaways. I just sound too preachy here, man, but you know, there's no giveaways, you know, when you get out, you got to think of how to sell yourself and, and, you know, what skills are like relatable for whatever you're, you're whatever trying to do pursuing yeah and you got to be willing to to adapt and um yeah but you know i think i, I it was it was tough so you know big big question and a lot, lot you know a lot of little rabbit holes i can go down with the answer there but it was it was it was tough it, it just took a little while to figure it out you know and then then once i figured it out you know i'm just you know um I, yeah i feel like you know i'm 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 a person who transitioned really successfully mm-hmm. you know um, it wasn't, it wasn't instantaneous, but ultimately it was successful, but, right. but once like, you found uh, the path, it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. But a lot of, you know, I think unfortunately a lot of got, you know, uh, a lot of people get out and they go, it's just, it feels like they never find their way. And then, you know, um, and then that's happened to people that I, that I serve with, you know, that I, that I know that you're, you're like, man, you know, it's, it's upsetting to me. Cause I, you know, I still feel a sense of responsibility for, for people who are there with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I know we listen to, or we follow, uh, Jocko Willink a lot and recently have found a guy named Chad Wright, uh, both of whom were Navy SEALs and they always say, they basically say the same thing. You know, it's kind of, once you come back, you just have to find your new, uh, not that I know anything about it, but you need to, once you're back, the, you have to find kind of your new mission or your new purpose. And, and based on what you're saying, it's may not be as easy as you'd want it to be. And even your, even your, uh, uh, I can't remember his rank. I'll just call him your boss. When you resigned, he asked you, he goes, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to go into business. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Going to business. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't know either. Yeah. (laughs) um the uh yeah there yeah there's there's a lot of you know i think there's a lot of voices out there you know like positive voices too to you know if 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 you're getting out you know there's there's sources of help you know kind of like through through the military there's there's organizations like nonprofits doing a lot of good things for people and then there's yeah there's there's guys that have a big platform and 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 women that have a big platform that, you know, like, you know, Jocko, you know, good, good example that I, I think are, you know, they're, they're, they're saying good things. There's some wisdom there too. So you, you gotta, I think you gotta kind of ha- have an open mind and be willing to kind of listen to, to the, the people who have been through it and uh, don't, don't expect, you know, instant, instant success, you know, once, once you, once you decide to, to make that, make that change. Yep. Absolutely. I guess piggybacking off of that, we uh, like to ask, do you have any 
do you have any preferred uh, nonprofits that work with veterans or any that you endorse or any that you run, anything like that? Oh, you know, I, um, I did some things with the Pat Tillman Foundation. Uh, they helped put me through a master's program, and that is a top-notch organization. Um, yeah, just just amazing. You know, Pat Pat Tillman's story was always just just incredible to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And uh, so I, uh, you know, I was familiar with that that organization, and you know, applied with them for their you know their scholarship and got that and um that yeah that helped put me through school and then they do do a lot of things with with their scholars with you know volunteer work and you know community engagement and so that's that's a top-notch organization um you know they they were you know very very good to me in terms of the the scholarship and then all the other support in school uh so so i'm a big big fan of the pat tillman foundation yeah good we like to ask so so folks can help if they can. Yeah. yeah. Somehow. Somehow. Time, money. Yeah. Even just spreading the word. Um and then uh you have are you working on any new books or are you putting yeah, the typewriter I'm, away for a little while? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, two books that like, took a lot out of me. So I'm I'm uh I'm I'm thinking about what you know what the next one is. I I definitely um now I've got some some ideas that are that are banging around, but uh, you know, I now that I've done nonfiction and fiction, I'm like I'm I'm at this fork too, where I'm like, which you know, yeah, which, which route am I going to go? Route, yeah, because yeah. they both like nonfiction's, um, it's fun, and and I think there's a big there's just inherently a bigger audience for like true stories, whatever they are, um, but you know, uh, like the the novel is just a, I just you know I kind of I like love novels and, right and then it's fun to like really let your imagination take off and and for me my novel I started and I think for for many novels you start with what's true right and mm-hmm. that's your base that's your baseline that's your foundation and then you kind of let your let your imagination go a little bit and that's that's kind of what my you know mine was and uh you know, unfortunately, in nonfiction, you're, you know, you do that. That's called lying, right? right. So, <laughs> yeah, it is what it know, is in nonfiction. You're, you know, you're much more like boxed in, you know, and, and we're, so that's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's, what's next, but there'll be, there'll be something else from me. I, I love the idea of a story set in the U.S. and in, in the Rockies and, um, in a, you know, adventure story from is, uh, and I'm just, just trying to find the, trying to find the right one. Yeah. I love the idea of that too. So make it happen. (laughs) Well, Ray, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We'll we'll wrap it up. I I told you we'd keep it to an hour and we're running you long. I guess you're on mountain time though. So it's still, it's still early. Yeah, no, no, no. Thanks. Thanks guys. This was, this was a lot of fun. It was nice. Nice meeting you. Nice talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'd love to have you back on when the new one comes out uh in the the novel is called and the whole mountain burned uh it's also set in afghanistan right yeah correct yeah yeah just just afghanistan yeah i've got it on my shelf there with the killer angels so we'll get to it here pretty all right (laughs) and uh yeah and uh where where can folks find you if they want to run you down or 
Yeah. Yeah. So through, through the website, raymcpadden.com, um, you can com- contact me through, through the website. So. Perfect. And, uh, on, on the website, there's pictures, uh, from your time overseas and, and highly recommend going to look at that, especially if you're, uh, reading through the books, so they'll just help give you a good, uh, image of what, what the mountains and an area was like so absolutely yeah yeah some some just incredible pictures on on the side of the the, you know the people that that were there the people that are in the stories and then the places and you know the 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 afghans themselves and the villages and it was uh yeah those those pictures are special to me i I wish i would have would have taken more you know you're not you're not really thinking about it at the time you know i've never right. been real, real good to kind of stop and be like let's get a picture of this you know well um, that was that's yeah. back too i noticed one of the pictures was time stamped you know that's back in the the uh, <laughs> the digital camera days it's not like you had an iphone in your pocket to yeah you know, yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah take five thousand while you're over there so yeah yeah um and then the new book is we march at midnight and it comes out on August 3rd. Yeah, correct. Perfect. August 3rd. Yeah. So uh, everyone go pick up a copy of that. We highly recommend it. I'm giving it a 10. Uh, which is I'm better with you. Which is rare, especially for this this uh, type of work. And so great job, Ray. Loved it. Keep pumping them out. Jerry, do you got anything? Getting your miles in. Man. Get those miles in. That's how Jerry finishes every show. <laughs> <laughs> John I just want to say thank you for coming on and again thank you for your service and we I really did enjoy the book I read it in three days and I've been pretty busy lately so <laughs> yeah, say a lot yeah yeah, yeah. same yeah. goes for me Ray thank you thanks for coming okay. on thanks for the service uh yeah. love the book and hope it uh hope it just flies right off the shelves I think it probably will All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks again. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.